Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Golden Knights podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED ON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Welcome to the Locked On Golden Knights podcast. It is Monday, March 8th, 2021. I'm Jack Manning. I'm AJ Alexander. And the Vegas Golden Knights beat the San Jose Sharks twice over the weekend. First in an overtime win against the Sharks in the, in the Shark Tank, followed up by a 4-0 drubbing at the hands of Marc-Andre Fleury, who shut out every one of those Sharks on the weekend. AJ, what did you think of this weekend's games? This weekend, especially the last game, had literally everything you could want in just one morsel or two. It literally was the Golden Knights amuse-bouche of games or game. I'm sorry, is that that an amuse-bouche? Amuse-bouche. I don't know what an amuse-bouche is. Wait a minute, is this a bit? This is, no, this is, this is for the show. This is going in. And what is an amuse-bouche? <laughs> an amuse-bouche is something that uh, the French call basically the perfect bite. It's okay. like an appetizer of sorts before a meal. Um, and this was literally the perfect bite, especially last night. You had Marc-Andre Fleury looking great, making highlight reel saves and a shutout. Perfect. Speaking of great bites, he got some Krispy Kreme out of that too. Then you've got a total blowout, which is even better. Awesome. As a little side piece, you've got Alex Tuck on hat trick watch. You could tell he was thirsty for that third and maybe even more after that. We'll get to Alex Tuck in just a bit, but I just want to talk about the cherry on top, the dill on top of the deviled egg, whatever you want to call it. Beating the sharks with everything else in that bite especially twice in one weekend. Yeah, you know, perfect. And we did it with an AHL goalie once too. But <laughs> the greatest weekend a Golden Knights fan could have, I think. Yeah, you know, just touching on Oscar Dansk for half a second. I mean, sure. look at look at the AHL goalie coming in and pitching a win even when the chips are down and he allows a a, a soft goal to sneak by him to tie the game up is able to hold on and is able to to rely on Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty to clean it up and, and gets the gets the point, gets the extra point in that game. And I know this is counterintuitive, but also gets the, the Sharks that extra point just to knock their draft position down, just that... <clears throat> That little morsel more. Uh, it's It's been an absolutely awesome weekend of Golden Knights hockey. And I think you're absolutely right. While the first game was was entertaining and it was fun and it was nice to get both points, that second game was perfection for the Golden Knights. They played a perfect game from top to bottom. It was the amuse-bouche. And literally the only thing you could complain about or worry about in real time was Mark Stone getting hurt, leaving the game. But, you know, 
Coach DeBoer basically said it was more or less precautionary and that the level of concern is small right now. If it weren't enough that Mark Stone is healthy and that the Golden Knights put up two wins over what used to be their, their biggest rival, I don't know that if you, you can really consider it that much of a rivalry anymore now that they're one of the worst teams in the league. But if, it, if those two wins weren't enough, the Henderson Silver Knights put up a pair of matching yes. wins on the same evenings, uh, both 4-1 and 4-2 against the Colorado Eagles. And that leaves both the Golden Knights and the Silver Knights at the absolute top of the AHL and NHL, respectively. Nevada hockey is best hockey. Nevada hockey just sounds strange still, even after all of this time, doesn't it? I mean, it gives me the chills almost. For a kid who couldn't find a rink to play in when he was young, yes. and for a guy that couldn't find a place to put on the Stanley Cup final in the summer of 2016, we are looking at an absolute transformation of this city, not just in terms of fans, not just in terms of the availability of hockey, but we are looking at a transformation of the sport itself because who could say that Vegas is now a, a an alternative market, a non-traditional market? This is what hockey is all about. And meanwhile, just personifying that is Las Vegas local Gage Quinney scoring a hat trick over the weekend. <laughs> the good news just never seems to end with the, with these two teams, especially this weekend. I, I want to focus us up just a little bit on the man of the weekend, the guy who is having a breakout set of games, maybe his best set of games in a Golden Knights uniform. You talked about him before. Let me stop you. Let me stop you. You're talking about Marc-Andre Fleury, right? Yes or no? I'm not. I'm talking not. about Mark Stone. Yes or no? I'm not. Talking about Max Pacioretty. Yes or no? I should be, but I'm not. Okay, well, get to it then. Alex Tuck, who has eight goals in his last seven games, only one assist during that stretch, mind you, but hey, I'll take nine points in seven games. And he is, if, if you were to match this pace across this 56-game stretch, he'd have well over 60 goals on the season. He is absolutely crushing it. It's interesting, though, that he's not picking up many assists. You've seen him score some beautiful goals off of feeds from, from his line mates, most notably Max Pacioretty uh, and Cody Glass on a couple of those. So it's really interesting to see that he is the finisher that we've really been looking for ever since uh, Braden Holtby's The Save during the Stanley Cup Final of 2017. You had to bring that last part up. I mean, you were on such a positive roll and then you just killed it at the end. But it's a redemption story, baby. Okay, fair enough. I'll take that. You know, it was really strange. 42 games last season, eight goals, 17 points. This year, he is on a 32 goal pace, 19 assists for 51 points. And going back to your original question after this long-winded rant, I don't really think the assists are a big deal. It's not like he's shooting by volume in general. He's not that type of player. That notwithstanding, he has tremendous confidence that he did not have the entire year last year. And again, you're talking about a team who is looking for guys who are goal scoring oriented. And we may just have another piece in that puzzle. 
Yeah, I mean, the way that Alex Tuck is able to cruise into the zone, find himself one-on-one with a goalie, and more often than not is able to bury that puck, that's what we've been looking for from Alex Tuck since he came to the Golden Knights from the Minnesota Wild back around the time of the expansion draft. This is the the reason that George McPhee locked him up to a long-term contract before he had really broken out as a player, and that's also the reason why Alex Tuck is now making less than $5 million dollars a year but is proving that he is a game breaker he doesn't need to be on one of those first two lines to make an absolute difference in the game and push the golden knights over the top when he when he's really needed that's pretty great for a player who's on the i'll call it the twitter trade block if you will last season when again he had a 17 point season eight goals A lot of people, a lot of fans, maybe even a few pundits or two, were looking at him as a potential trade candidate. I'll leave that alone. But again, I think he's playing with a different confidence this year entirely. You could just see it in the way he approaches every every time he's got the puck on his stick. And like you mentioned, he just cruises into the zone like it's no big deal. Just a reminder, he's 6'4", 220, and he's still one of the fastest players on this squad among the most impressive power forwards that this league has seen in a very long time. You know, there are plenty of guys who are drafted every year with the expectation that they're going to be a power forward, or the hope anyway, but very few pan out the way that Alex Tuck does. Who who else can you think of in this league that wasn't taken in the top five of his respective draft that is able to power into the zone like that and is able to use a frame that's six foot four and two twenty to just push past otherwise grown elite athletes? It just doesn't happen in this league, and Alex Tuck is a prime example of a type of player that no longer exists in the league, but is desperately needed. It's always been my favorite type of player. My favorite player that was not a Red Wing was Eric Lindros, just for perspective. So I don't see Alex Tuck just wiping people out. It's a different game. But again, like you mentioned, power forwards are hard to find. We just saw an article recently. This is the biggest team in the league. So it's going to take its toll. But yeah, it's interesting that this team is the the tallest and the heaviest team in the league because at the draft table, they haven't particularly gone with the biggest guys in the world. You know, Cody Glass is now starting to fill out. But beyond him, their first round picks have all been guys who are, you know, between 5'11 and 6'1". Really interesting to see that Vegas is both the biggest and the tallest team in the league, heaviest and tallest, considering what they were in year one. Yeah, year one was, again, a speed, a transition, a heavy four-checking team. And, you know, the system is kind of leaning toward that again. But in general, like you said, you wouldn't have expected that after year one, especially since you saw teams like San Jose, L.A., Uh, Anaheim sort of transition out of that after it was sort of on vogue in the Pacific division to be the big team that wore you down, that just bullied you into dust. You sort of see them transition out of that. And yet you see Vegas almost transition into it the last few years. Well, I I think you'd be kidding yourself if you were to say that big, heavy hockey doesn't win. I mean, you look at the St. Louis blues when they won the Stanley Cup. I mean, they were in 2019, they were one of the biggest, heaviest teams. And they were running up against the Boston Bruins, who were also one of the biggest and heaviest teams. And, you know, although last year, the the Tampa Bay Lightning won, and they aren't particularly the largest team, obviously, they've got a guy like Braden Point, 
who's, who's leading the charge for them offensively. But one of the reasons they were able to ultimately get over the hump is they added some of those bigger, heavier, stronger, more physical guys further down the lineup to, to counteract you know, the, what, what was up on their top six. And so I, I think it's a little bit misleading when you hear people say, oh, the, the league is trending smaller. Oh, there's room for, for tiny, skilled guys. And I think that's, that's true. There is sure. room for those guys. But if your team is built that way, if you're relying on the smallest and most skilled guys to do all the heavy lifting and you don't have the big, skilled, fast guys as well, I think that's a recipe for, for disappointment. And so seeing the Golden Knights able to fill a top line with big, heavy guys in Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, and Max Pacioretty. And then also having the same thing on that third line with Cody Glass, uh, Nick Waugh, and Alex Tuck. And obviously a fourth line that's just bruisers. Three qu- three quarters of the Golden Knights forwards are built to be heavy, bruising guys that are can also chip in. At least two of those lines can chip in. And again, that's built for the playoffs. It really is. It's not built for the regular season as well as Golden Knights as well as the Golden Knights are doing. But that's built for the playoffs and a deep run at that. All right. Well, we're going to be back to talk about one of the smaller guys on the Golden Knights roster in just a few seconds. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. So, AJ, before the break, we talked about some of the heavier guys in the Golden Knights lineup, but there was one gentleman in particular that I was really hoping was going to be able to light the lamp, and he was able to do it twice over the weekend. Riley Smith finally starting to catch some fire. What do you think of him? So many opportunities and some great goal-scoring opportunities from Riley Smith that just didn't quite make it in, just couldn't quite finish on them. You've seen that with a few players on the team, in all honesty, but... Keeping it on Riley, you you saw him continue to dig and not get frustrated. He continued to work hard and continue to put himself in the right position. And it finally paid off, just like, you know, they tell you it will. If there's one thing that I, I really look for from this team, it, it's the performance of that misfit line. And although Carlson and Marcheseau continue to be pretty regular producers in the lineup Riley Smith struggled all year but when they're going as a line when they're going as a three-man unit they really can put on an impressive show now they've been been together for almost four years this is their fourth season playing together and and even though there were periods where uh, William Carlson played between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone primarily he has played with those three those three guys have been together and when they're together and when they're clicking is when the Vegas Golden Knights really are a, a top team and so although the two Marcia so and, and Carlson have been clicking for a little while now adding Smith to that to that mix getting him back onto the score sheet is only going to make the Golden Knights scarier and as a team that is rocking the highest win percentage the highest point percentage in the entire league that's both awesome and terrifying it's pretty interesting that you mentioned that Vegas has the best win percentage in the league when all I hear about is Toronto this year. And I know that's not different from many other years, but Austin Matthews and the, the Maple Leafs are finally off the schneid. And I really think, and this is crazy to say about the best winning percentage in the league, but I really think that a lot of People are sleeping on the Golden Knights to a degree. It's really remarkable that anyone can sleep on the Golden Knights at this right. point. They've been they've been dominating play for all four years that they've been in the league. 
And, and yet the, the center of the hockey universe, the Toronto media, can't look any further than their backyard, even though that's a team that should be good. They have several of the top picks you know, for, from the mid-20-teens, and, and they just are just now starting to get good. They're just now starting to look like a playoff team and only in a division that is just chock full of otherwise basement dwellers. Uh, the Canadian division, for as fun as it is to watch the Oilers and the Maple Leafs beat up on other teams, the rest of that division is, um, how you say, garbage. It, it is... It is a division full of teams like the Canucks and the Senators and even the Winnipeg Jets look mediocre at best. And four of those teams, four of those Canadian teams out of seven are going to make the playoffs. And I've got a feeling that once those teams start to face teams outside of their division, outside of Canada, they're going to be in for a very, very rude surprise. Speaking of the standings and wins and losses in general... So speaking of standings, speaking of wins and losses, it might be an annoying meme, but I have to use the H word here as much as I hate to do it, because it is pretty remarkable considering the first year that the Golden Knights had, how remarkable it was. This year's Golden Knights is off to its best start in history. Are you saying they're off to a, an historic start? So the Vegas Golden Knights are playing their best hockey ever. And is, is that really any big surprise? I, I shouldn't think so. I mean, that that a team that has Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Robin Leonard, and Marc-Andre Fleury are out playing that very first team, it shouldn't be all that surprising. What is a little bit surprising is they've been able to do it on the shoulders of Marc-Andre Fleury almost alone. Uh, when you look at the number of wins that Marc-Andre Fleury has, it very closely resembles the number of wins that the Golden Knights have overall. The, the record for Robin Leonard hasn't been excellent, and I'm not trying to kick a guy when he's down, when he's, on, uh, when he's trying to recover from an injury. He just had a rough start to the season, but Marc-Andre Fleury has been absolutely remarkable, and every player on the ice, I mean, to a man, has been pretty darn good. The only exceptions... I know our, our guys on the fourth line that we've talked about before, but when they're playing, you know, a shade under 10 minutes a night, you know, I'll take 50 minutes of dominant hockey and then a fourth line. That's fine. Right. And, you know, Vegas likes to brag about being able to roll four and consistently play well and get results and, and contributions from all four lines. And, you know, we haven't seen that this year. I, that's just the bottom line. But again, you're seeing stars on the third line, such as Alex Tuck, who probably shouldn't be on the third line anymore, or at least for much longer, which is why it's interesting you bring up the legacy line or the misfit line. I mean, how long does Alex Tuck stay on the third line? You know, I think as long as he's producing, keep him there. As long as he's putting really? up goals, does it, do, does it make sense to mess with that uh, w with that chemistry? I mean, I hate to say it because it was a certain situation last night, but when he was double shifted, he had an opportunity every single shift, it seemed. And I know he was thirsty for that hat trick, but I mean, not to say to double shift him, but at the same time, when he was in the top line, he looked fantastic. He absolutely did. I'm not saying that he couldn't fit on that top line, but if you're asking me, should you replace Mark Stone on the top line with Alex Tuck? Oh, no. I am I'm saying top six, which is 
which is why it gets into that misfit line. Do you mess with that chemistry? Because Alex Tuck is knocking at the ceiling. You know, we've seen Alex Tuck play with Marcia So and Carlson uh, on a few occasions in the past. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to match, you know? Is this the first season in Golden Knights history where the third line is actually solidified more or less, or at least producing on a consistent basis? So solidified it's not, but producing it is. You know, sure. it, it's, it's remarkable, actually, that Alex Tuck is having the season that he's having when he has had this rotating cast of characters uh, on that third line. All right, well, we're going to take another quick break for our sponsors, and then we're going to be back for the Farm Report. We're covering everything that you need to know about the Golden Knights, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We've been telling you about the Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Because Built Bar is the most amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best for you. It's Built Bar Madness! Throughout the month of March, Built Bar is going to be holding a competition between its Built Bar flavors to find out who reigns supreme. So go to BuiltBar.com or at built underscore bar on Twitter, and you can submit your vote. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar ever. And after you've bought your Built Bars, go to betonline.ag because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, college basketball, and especially the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, not to mention all your NCAA uh, and foreign sports like your KHL hockey. Real-time updated odds and props are there for almost anything you can imagine. So BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, enter the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league today with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we promised you before the break that we were going to check in on the farm everywhere that Golden Knights prospects are playing. I've been keeping track. Hit me with some prospect names. Of course, I love this segment, no matter which podcast we're on, because I get to just feed you passes that you one-time blast on a power play for a goal. And we're (laughs) leading off with your favorite prospect, or one of them at least, Jackson Hellum. Jackson Hallam, man, what a season for this kid. He has 77 points in 44 games across three leagues. This kid is absolutely lighting it up. Now, this is a third-round pick in 2020 that the Vegas Golden Knights took from St. Thomas Academy in uh, in Minnesota. I'm going to assume it's Minnesota. Yeah, uh, sounds right. 77 points in 44 games, and unfortunately, he 
left the USHL, which is about equivalent to Canadian junior hockey, so that he could go back and chase a Mr. Hockey title for Minnesota high school students. And it looks like he's going to get it. He's one of the top scorers across that entire league. And he is probably going to find himself lining up next to Brendan Brisson next year for the University of Michigan. And man, I cannot wait to see this kid produce at a higher level. The speed he has, his ability to use that edge work when he compares himself to Connor McDavid the first time I laughed and now I just say well give it some time he is an absolute monster and the only thing we're waiting for is to see if that monster haunts the dreams of guys who are slightly better than you know kids sitting in a Minnesota high school classroom and we're seeing a lot more players go back to their high school team in order to get that championship with the team, which is really neat to see him make that decision. We'll get to Brendan Mersan a little bit later, but let's talk about Lucas Cormier right now. Lucas Cormier is yet another victim of COVID cancellations. While there's no no reason to think that he's sick right now, certainly his team has had a number of games canceled due to a COVID outbreak. Right now, he's just looking to make sure he and his team are ready to play in the QMJHL playoffs. But right now, he remains the leading scorer amongst defensemen in the QMJHL. And he is looking like an absolute steal as a third-round pick for the Vegas Golden Knights in the 2020 draft. Both he and Hallam picked in the third round this year at this point after their respective draft positions i expected to be talking about a different russian by now but regardless let's celebrate one now ivan morozov yeah ivan morozov so right now he has three points through three khl playoff games and he is playing as the number one center for ska st petersburg which is the very best or certainly the most popular khl team uh, in russia and so interesting fact that i learned this week uh, is that ivan morozov uh, has been coached by Pavel Dorofayev's father in the past. And he wow. and Pavel Dorofayev are longtime friends. So as Pavel Dorofayev continues to put up points here in the AHL, the expectation is he's chatting with his good buddy Ivan Morozov back in Russia on the regular and telling him what an awesome experience he's having. Uh, my understanding is that uh, Morozov is continuing to improve his English, at, just like Dorofayev is. So there could be a lot more reason to hope that Morozov will be ready to sign with the Golden Knights at the end of the 21-22 season uh, when his KHL contract expires. Having very faint Red Wing flashbacks, which are very positive, by the way. Last but definitely not least, Brendan Bersan, as we promised. Yeah, Brendan Bersan finishes up his freshman year at the University of Michigan with 19 points through 22 games. And in the NCAA, for a freshman to put up that kind of point pace is almost unheard of. Now, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, the team that he's on in Michigan has three players that are expected to be taken in the top 10 of this year's NHL draft, in addition to about four more first round picks over the last couple of years. So you know he, he is on a stacked team, but the level at which Brisson has produced and especially the number of goals that he's been able to, to bury has been incredible. The Golden Knights really did pick up an excellent player when they drafted him in 2020 but that player that they chose at the 2020 draft is nothing in comparison to the player that he's become over the last year 
of all the players in the Golden Knights system, no one has developed faster and more aggressively than Brendan Brisson. And I think there's potential, a potential there for a true top six center to come out of drafting this kid at 29th overall. And you say that even after seeing Peyton Krebs in the AHL. I just want to clarify. Don't get me wrong. Peyton Krebs has been excellent, but Peyton Krebs has always been excellent. I love Peyton Krebs more than just about any prospect in the Golden Knights system. He is, in my mind, ready for the NHL today. And so the only reason he isn't the, mo- the fastest developing prospect is because he's already there. And so while it's a shame that he's sitting there in in Winnipeg right now getting ready yes. to play uh, mm-hmm. in, a, in a bubble for the WHL, more likely than not, he's going to use this as a warm-up and will be back with the Golden Knights once that season ends in Winnipeg just in time for a playoff run. Nice. So That's my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, I think this is your sixth show with me on the Locked on Golden Knights podcast. Obviously, we still do uh, the Golden Knights watch as often as we can. What do you think of the Locked on Golden Knights podcast so far? Well, first of all, I wasn't counting. So six is great because it's just a few more and my actual rookie year kicks in and I'm hoping to get that podcast in Calder. But <laughs> in general, I think the Locked On podcast is the Amus Bouche of Golden Knights podcasts. Well, we are officially out of time. This has been Locked On Golden Knights. I'm Jack Manning. I'm AJ Alexander. <laughs> and this has been Locked On Golden Knights. We'll see you tomorrow.